Strap one on, it's time to jam. Well, it sounds like everybody had a miserable time working on this movie based on the IMDb <laughs> trivia I'm currently reading. So let's find out if we at least had a good time watching it. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Sam. Hello. We did The Last Boy Scout. Again, like two weeks ago, as you learned in the last episode, Sam's appendix is, is, is appendices. 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 <laughs> All of a sudden decided they wanted out. So... I was a nice person and was like, fine, you don't have to talk about Bruce Willis movies for a couple weeks. From the hospital. Yeah. From the hospital. <laughs> if anything, though, like, <laughs> is there anything we can get you? Like some jello and a copy a of 1991's The Last Boy Scout. <laughs> here you, and then you know what? Maybe, all right, here you go. We only had green and a VHS, but I hope that's okay. The hospital in Quebec, they probably only have VCRs, anyways. Ah, uh, bonjour. <laughs> Est-ce to what's watch? Regardez. Regardez le Bruce Willis. <laughs> bon Willis. What's hunting? Ch- Chassez les bon Willis. Okay, cool. Yeah, man, I just had a really good, bad French movie title, and damn it, I already forget it. But it gave me a good laugh, and there was no point in even saying that because I'm not going to remember what it was. Uh, we did the last Boy Scout, 1991's, directed by Tony Scott. Rest in peace, King, and uh, written by Shane Black. We covered a little bit about that, I think, when we picked the movie. Yes. Uh, I have seen this movie many a time. This was probably my, it's my first watch in a while, but prior to this one, I, we used to watch this one a ton in high school. I don't remember if I've ever talked about my friend's uncle's, what do you call like, like it, it's a bench you could keep by your front door, but you can like open it up and there's a bunch of stuff inside it. Like he basically, storage bench. Yeah, he basically had a storage bench of VHS action movies. And so he gave it over. So we would just like pick random movies. And like he had all these like Seagulls and Stallones. And we would just pick a random movie and watch it. And we really, really liked this one. So it's made its way into our rotation a lot. I had never seen it before. Yeah, and you had never seen it. It's a usual, usual story. Yes. This is a, is a buddy cop movie, which we, we loved in the late 80s and early 90s. You could probably barely go. Maybe we'll test this theory later when I'm looking at the box office. But I feel like you could barely go a couple weeks without some sort of. It was probably a fun time to just sit around and go. What if we tried to pair this person with this person? Let's see what happens. Now we've kind of hit that point where when you get kind of just a fun buddy movie, it's it's like plane when it opened a couple weeks ago is basically like a buddy action movie in in a lot of ways. And it's gone from 
an almost monthly staple to a fun no- retro novelty now. Sam, yeah, who's but- your? You go. What were you going to say? I didn't have any. I was yeah. going to ask who your all time favorite buddy cop pairing is. Fuck, I don't know. Well, we don't move on until you answer. So, right. Bruce Willis and Damon Wayne. Let's go with that because that one is the one that we're talking about. And I don't watch a lot of buddy cop movies because it's not something I generally gravitate towards. I like Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee in Showdown in Little Tokyo. I have not seen that. You should, because remember when you watched The Crow and you were like, this I did is really, really like good Brandon. and Brandon Lee is yeah. great. If you want to see him do like the exact opposite kind of performance, Showdown in Little Tokyo. I will watch that. It's I'll very fun. Watch this. We should definitely do an episode on that because I also used to love, 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 love that movie. Uh, I was looking up buddy cop pairings, but it's just Lethal Weapon over and over and over again. Which is indeed a very good pairing. That's why they made four of them. Oh, Men in Black. That's a good I don't one. Like Men in Black. You don't like Men in Black? No, I hated it. Oh, that's too bad. They gave worse to Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy in the Heat, but I remember liking them quite a bit. So this list fucking sucks because then they go on to say <laughs> Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks and Dragnet, but Dragnet's not a good movie. And then they go on to say. Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone and Tango and Cash are the worst, but that movie's awesome. Axel Foley and Billy Rosewood barely team up in Beverly Hills Cop. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> if this ends with Showdown in Little Tokyo as a worst, I'm going to punch the screen. Okay, it didn't. Felt like that's where it was going. So yeah, this is one of those. It's, uh, it's a Shane Black movie, and it's so you already know it's going to be quippy. I feel like I undersold even how quippy it is. And I think I told you every line of dialogue is a quip. And I still think I undersold it. Yes. It, it's very quippy, Bruce. But I I really like quippy Bruce. So I was yeah, fine with it. Me too. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those. It has enough plot to keep things going. But you're never going to watch. You're not watching your buddy cop action comedies for the plot you just need enough like it's all going to come down to the chemistry of the leads and i think bruce willis and damon waynes are a very good pair yeah they have great chemistry i really enjoyed watching them together i think their their quippiness and their personalities like you know damon waynes is always kind of playing himself to an extent he's got a very specific type of role that he plays he plays it well in this and it works well in this so yeah they you know it's the standard arc they start hating each other and then their friendship grows and by the end they're best friends but there's a yeah they they play off each other really well there's a moment where damon wayans just randomly busts out this prince impression and bruce willis's reaction genuinely seems like he wasn't expecting that to happen and is just reacting naturally which i don't know, I, I by the sounds of it no one got along behind the scenes but hey you can't tell no no there's that we get early career Halle Berry for a minute for like a minute she's essentially the the kickoff of the of the plot she's Damon Wayans' girlfriend uh Bruce Willis is a disgruntled disgraced private eye who used to work in the secret service which I also think is a very nice way of explaining why this 
beaten down PI is also incredibly capable at murdering people and handling all situations because he has a background in being a bodyguard in the Secret Service. And yeah. Halle Berry is murdered and they have to figure out why. He's Bruce Willis was hired to figure out like, you know, she's being stalked and Damon Wayans is the boyfriend. So they both team up to be like, what happened to Halle Berry? And it barely matters. <laughs> There's some stuff too, you know, like we talked, you know, Bruce was Secret Service and he, I guess, knocked out a few teeth of the senator who was like, I don't know, raping women in his yeah, like sexually assaulting office, office bathroom, which seems like something you do on your private time. But anyways, he's um, that arrogant, though, Sam. He's like, I can just do this arrogant. and you can't do anything about it. And sure enough, when Bruce, Bruce Willis says, fuck you and punches yeah, him in the face, his life is ruined. But worth it. Yeah, no. Uh, and then, yeah, Damon Wayans is a, a disgraced former football player who got kicked out of the league on gambling charges. Can we say that, that whole part of the movie where like a lot of the plot is driven forward on gambling crime is just very strange watching it now when like sports betting is just everywhere, like literally <laughs> being advertised on Twitter in front of me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that like the whole plot hinges on the fact that sports betting is illegal is weird. Like I the was... senators being bribed with like $60 million or something to vote in favor of like allowing sports betting <laughs> or like governor, whatever he is. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's basically, we just described the plot. Yeah. And like you, you're mostly just, you're here to watch Willis and Wayans crack wise, which Ooh, they do a lot. There's some, I mean, not all of it were like, there, there's definitely some, I can't even think of how I want to phrase it. Like there are bits that didn't age well. Yeah. That I think the, the homophobic slur is used at yes. least once. Yeah. Um, and there's weird, like at one point, a bunch of people come up to Damon Wayans and he's like, oh, I'm trying to figure out which one of you looks the most like my dick. He's like, I don't even think that line makes sense. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it sounds like a smart ass thing to say. But when you think about it for two seconds, it's like, wait, what does that even mean? <laughs> and like, but it is like if, if you have zero tolerance for that, do not watch like everything in this movie. Like, oh, where are you going? I'm going to take a piss. You want to come with me? The doc says I shouldn't lift anything heavy. Like every line of dialogue is that. And it's almost everybody like everybody is constantly saying the smartest comeback they could possibly say at all times i think with any other cast it would be too much but again it works with bruce willis and damon waynes yeah bruce willis at one point has a puppet which is one of my favorite lines in the movie which (laughs) is um oh what's the bad guy's name Uh, it's like why did bad guy cross the road because his dick was stuck in the chicken but he's doing it in like a puppet voice which makes it even better and because like there's no reason to even really do it because like slight spoilers the puppet he's been given has a gun in it that he can use to shoot people but just instead of doing that right away i guess you know it's to get them kind of off their guard but i just find it funny that he's like i got to tell some some bits before i kill them it happens at least twice that i can remember in the movie that he quips his way out of a life and death situation that other one though like again it's a lot of fat jokes which mm, 
not great not great but i gotta like the it works it's it's not great but it it just keeps going like he he tells this guy who's gonna kill him that he fucked his wife and that and everything the other guy says he just turns it back to how he fucked his wife and i forget what the line is where the guy actually snaps and is like stop would you stop with the wife shit everything is like you won't be so smart when you take a bullet like after fucking your wife i'll take two and he just keeps bringing it back to that and the guy's laughing like he's supposed to be killing him he can't resist because he's like ask me how fat she is like fuck you man ask me how fat she is and he can't refuse it's like fat is she i don't even know if that guy necessarily died he was still like upset on the ground but didn't he get stabbed in the neck he did i guess he was probably dying yeah it also has one of my favorite little bits i love it in action movies or any movie really when a threat is made to the bad guy or a bad guy and is paid off in the exact way that it is set up so like when bruce willis says if you touch me one more time i'll kill you and the guy sure enough touches him one more time and is immediately killed by bruce willis with like one punch i thought that that was great like he yeah. literally just punches his nose into his brain and dude's dead yeah and like when the other the main bad guy comes in the other guy says like he punches fucking nose right into his brain <laughs> love it <laughs> it also has an even again kind of an opposite payoff where at one point willis says that like, if we get through all this okay i'm gonna dance a jig and then <laughs> i got 40 minutes of movie passes like enough time for you to forget that he said that so when he dispatches the bad guy, the first thing he does is start starts doing a little dance. On top of like some lighting scaffolding in a stadium. So that's also just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's very it's fun. fun. Like there's yeah. a couple of heavier moments like Damon Wayans has a legit tragic backstory and the whole scene where he delivers that monologue does feel dark. a little yeah. out of place. Like it is a dark backstory. And it's like surrounded by comedy and then the tone immediately kind of lightens up right after that scene. So, it, I mean, I, that's kind of a Shane Black thing, I guess, because Lethal Weapon will be very quippy back and forth and then all of a sudden you'll be reminded like, oh yeah, Mel Gibson actively wants to kill himself. Yeah. So it's it's not out of the question, but uh, let me drop some of these IMDb things on you. Oh, um, Tony Scott hated working with producer Joel Silver so much that he based an asshole character on him in his next movie, True Romance. Uh, The assistant director said it was basically a whole bunch of alpha males. So like Bruce is at the peak of his career, Joel Silver, Tony Scott, Shane Black is coming off of like the Lethal Weapon stuff. So it's all these people when their career has like never been hotter. So lots of like, you know, I can I can see every single one of those people being pretty stubborn, like, no, we're doing it like this. So apparently did not make for the best work environment. Go figure. Uh, Joel Silver, noted asshole Joel Silver, said that the making of this film was one of the three worst experiences of his life. Uh, Tony Scott said the same thing, mostly because of working with Joel Silver. Uh, but apparently Bruce Willis kind of stepped in and was like okay this is how we're gonna do it etc 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 uh joel silver and willis never worked again after this apparently together i assume yeah between oh yeah very (laughs) much uh the composer hated the film when he first saw it the only reason he provided the score was out of his personal friendship with willis and joel silver 
Daniel Harris, who of course was in the Halloween movies and has grown up to have a pretty successful career of her own, played as plays the daughter in this movie. Apparently, in 2018, she said this is one of her favorite roles, hmm. which I can kind of see. Yeah, she looked like she had a good time. Like she could have been a super annoying character, and she was kind of fun. Yeah, my wife was watching this with me, and at one point, because the girl hides and comes with Damon Wayans on a dangerous thing, and she's like, oh, I do not like this character, but then she's the one who provides the puppet with the gun in it to Bruce Willis. So it's like, oh, shit, you hadn't been there. Uh, Oh, I guess we should also mention that the opening scene of this movie is a real good, like, holy shit, where it's uh, like set well first actually it's Friday not great not for football for a while it's so long like it to the point where I've got to message you to be like we fast forwarded because I'm about to lose my wife she's just like this is not keeping my interest it's like 18 minutes of just like that song and football on the television but and then, then the football player kills himself. Yeah, it was not a great night oh. for football that night because, uh, yeah, the the player, while, while running along the field, pulls a gun out, shoots at least two other players and himself. So I assume the next Friday it's going to be a very somber Friday night. Okay. I... Night <laughs> football. Was that the, okay, was that the same football team, though, as the guy owned? Like the bad guy. I think so, how is this team still successful? Like how? Like by next Friday night, we're ready for football again. People have been murdered, Sean, over yeah, but, sports betting. What the fuck? Yeah, but Friday night's a great night for football, Sam. I thought. Sundays what else were people were supposed to do? With, I mean, maybe now I don't know. Maybe they were trying to discombobulating. I mean, maybe that was the whole marketing campaign is people associated football with Sunday. So they had to get out there and say, no, Friday night's a great night for football. Mm. I don't know that I have a whole lot more to say about this one either. These are tough. The the, the, the trivia does say that they use the word fuck 102 times. I was about to, oh, you suck, because I was about to say, hey, Sam, guess how many times, literally my next (laughs) sentence was, Sam, how many times do you think they said the word fuck in this movie? (laughs) Cheated. Joe Hallen, well, now you're on the same page, so you also know that Joe Hallenbeck, which is Bruce Willis's character, is physically assaulted 12 times, seven hits in the face, three in the back of the head, tasered and stabbed. That's a lot. Uh, apparently the people who made the 2016 really great reboot remake slash semi-sequel to doom said this movie really helped shape some of the narrative and that game does have a lot of very self-awareness so apparently we have this movie to thank interesting i would not have made that connection Bruce Willis used to show up to set in a disguise and ask crew members if they liked Bruce Willis or thought he was cool. Crew members <laughs> knew it was him and found it funny, <laughs> charming, or sad. I don't know. I wouldn't, wouldn't take it as sad. It just kind of feels like Bruce Willis fucking around. But Did anyway. they think he was serious? Maybe. Like, this is so sad. He needs to wear a disguise to, like, boost his ego. Strange. I think that's the last Boy Scout. I mean, yeah, you kind of know it's it's a it is a 90s buddy action movie. Like if you are a fan of those or haven't, you know, 
are looking looking for a good throwback. I think this is a breezy, fun, aside from that one kind of dark scene, good time. Yeah, it's not a... it's not a genre of movie that I gravitate towards. It's not one that I, you know, you told me it was going to be quippy, so I'm like, okay, I'll probably enjoy Bruce. But I really enjoyed it. I gave it four and a half stars, and I think I did too. I would I would rewatch it like this it was really fun and like yes okay there's bits that have not aged well like there's homophobic jokes there's fat phobic jokes whatever it's but not enough to drag it all like it there's no yeah, there's dated bits that you can point to and go well that's unfortunate but it's not it, it's 30 seconds of the film yeah and it's like it never feels like totally mean spirited, if that makes sense to like, I mean, like the fat phobic jokes, like they're not aimed at an actual person. He has yeah, no idea it, who this guy's wife is. Like, like he has his no wife fucking clue. we have never seen. So exactly. He just, it she doesn't seem like pounds. it's based on anything other than I need to come up with something to make this guy angry and distracted. Exactly. Yeah, no, I really liked it. I, this was probably one of my favorites that we've watched. Like it would be up there probably with Die Hard. I enjoyed it a lot. It's it's very strange to read about all of these like, oh, I didn't care for this movie and hated this. And it's like maybe it's one of those time has been kinder to it movies. But like when you see a lot of people like Hudson Hawk was around, I oh, think the Jesus. same the same year even. And that's kind of got this like you know big divisive people weren't sure about it. And you watch that and you see it. Whereas this like. I don't know. It seems like this. It came together well. Maybe that's the miracle in itself, since it sounds like nobody enjoyed working on it. So maybe we should be grateful it came out as well as it did. Versus Hudson Hawk, which is kind of a mess. Is it ever? But check it out. And I'm actually a little excited because we have not watched a direct-to-video entry. You gotta do the blockbuster. The, 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 oh, you're the, right. Yeah, I was distracted because I also need to office. add. Oh no, I guess no, I don't. I was gonna add the new Detective Night, but no, it will take over the spot of the previous Detective Night when we finally roll it. Uh, you're right. So this movie came out in December, December twelfth, nineteen ninety one. It opened against Hook, which hmm. has also come up numerous times as a so do we still like this potential episode that I've kind of discontinuously turned down. Why? I just don't remember liking Hook. <laughs> I loved it. It was one of my favorite movies as a kid. So Hook opened in first with 13.5 million, but Last Boy Scout behind it with eight. So not as big a gap as you would think. Uh, also in the top 10, Star Trek VI, The Addams Family, Beauty and the Beast, My Girl, Cape Fear, For the Boys. I don't know what that is. An American Tale, Fievel Goes West. This is one of the most 90s top 10s we've had, we've had yet. Yeah. Curly Sue and just out of the top 10 with $17,000, Hulk Hogan's Suburban Commando. So let's see what happens the next week. The 90s continue strong as Father of the Bride stomps in, knocking the last Boy Scout down to third. Hook remains in first. JFK opens in fifth. I would have suspected that was like a big deal maybe that one has staying power suburban commando stays in 11th with another five grand clearly that is not actually accurate but and only one new release the following week the prince of tides 
which I've never actually seen. I don't even really remember what it is. Maybe Barbara Streisand's in that movie. I don't I think remember. I own the book. Uh, Beauty and the Beast climbing its way up from sixth to second. Hook remains in first. Father of the Bride in third. Last Boy Scout down to fifth. Hmm. No new releases the next week, it looks like. So Hook, once again, I thought Hook was kind of... Maybe it's just critically. I, in my head, I also had it that Hook was kind I of. I thought it was a, a total flop. Like, yeah, but it's at it's eighty-two a million dollars. Like, it's a, it's almost dead uh, even with how much Beauty and the Beast made. So, I guess either we've been lied to or we're just misremembering. But uh, Last Boy Scouts in fifth, forty-three million, which officially means it's broken its budget because I read that it was forty-three million. Yep. Oh, here we go with another '90s staple. The like '90s thriller with the hand that rocks the cradle, opening in first, knocking Hook down to second, and in fifth, an episode of So Do We Select This. We've actually done our boy Christian Slater's back with cuffs, and last boy scout. Heard of that? It's. I mean, it's a a '90s buddy cop action movie, actually. Uh, So there you go, proving that I was kind of right it took about a month but we got there we got another one so when last boy scouts out i'm gonna see how long it takes for another buddy cop movie to show up cuffs already down to second oh shit i think we're done i think the last boy scout's <laughs> gone i think it yeah That's it was surprising. It, it was eighth so wrapped wrapped up with about 50 million by mid-january it looks to be gone it, I mean, we had to make room for fried green tomatoes and free jack. free jack. Like, there's like no new movies opening. It's kind of crazy. Like, I keep clicking. Okay, there's Wayne's World. Stop or my mom will shoot. I'm pretty. There you go. There's your buddy cop action movie, Stallone and a, and a grandma. So I think I was right. At least once a month, we were getting another one. I won't keep clicking to find out. But Sam. It's time to pick mm-hmm. a number for the first How many time. are we up to? We are up to 35, I think. 35. We are at 30 last time I rolled this. So. Yeah, I had to add a bunch. Okay, well, now I have to sit through an ad for Pinterest, so give me a moment. That's go weird. Go away. Go away. Everyone knows what Pinterest is. No one uses you. Go away. I on, That's why I was saying that that's weird that Pinterest is still advertising in 2023, but I guess that's why we still exist. Uh, I got two, which I'm pretty sure we've done. I think you just picked Lay the Favorite, you fucking asshole. <laughs> you did. Oh, uh, this is what happens. You jinxed it. You said we were having a good run. You said you said a little bit ago that we were having a good run. Do you see what you've done? I mean, I'm glad we're gonna get it done with. But I'm just looking at like we've added all of these new ones. I was like, I hope we get to like Gasoline Alley. I guess last time White Elephant, we just cheated and picked ourselves so the universe had we the did. course correct and be like, here's uh-huh. Lay the Favorite. I honestly don't even know where to watch this. I think it might be on YouTube. Uh, I will tell you in a moment. I am. It's a, it's a rental. But it might also be on YouTube. Maybe. Oh, uh, yeah. Buy or rent. Just the trailers. I mean, it's only 94 there- minutes. Okay, I was going to say there is one that says full trailer, but it doesn't look like a link that you'd want to click. So mm. 
Is it really? Okay, because I had it in my head that it was going to be easily two hours. No, 94 minutes. And like, the, okay, I'm it's got obviously a not. Yeah, I'm not looking at the description, but the cast is phenomenal. So, oh, it's got Frank Grillo. I didn't realize this one had Frank Grillo, too. Well, yeah, I think I've said that Frank Grillo in an unrelated interview just referred to this movie as terrible for no reason. Like, it just totally <laughs> unprompted. <laughs> By the way, guys, play the favorite of shit. He, like, just dropped it into the now, conversation. Let's talk about Kingdom some more. But I mean, yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Bruce Willis plays a character named Dink. So, I mean, that's something. Joshua Jackson, Frank Grillo, Laura Prepon, who I think is Donna from yes. the 70s show. So the talent is there. Vince Vaughn. Oh, probably not much then because he is no. nowhere near the top of this ranking. Uh, let's the see. The dad gonna... from Bubble Boy. Oh, shit. Okay. Now we're playing with heat. <laughs> I'm going to check on IMDb. It has a 4.8. I think just what worries me is the poster. It just, uh, I don't know. It just does. It's like the, la- it's just the laziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, like it's the most like stereotypical, like early, well, I guess it's not early 2000s, but if it had been early 2000s, like it feels very similar, like posters for things like Love Actually or like. Without even, it's a step Wars. below that. It's literally. Four well, yeah, I mean, it's lazy. It's just four squares, one. but Love Actually is just four scenes with a fucking bow in the middle. So, I mean, I'm trying. To, there's another poster that, like, I I can see it in my mind's eye. But, anyways, it's a very like cheap, lazy rom com thing. Which it looks like, like most of the reviews are like a five or a six. There's a three, an eight, four, six, three, three, three. Okay, so it could go either way. IMDb is a little all over the place. Let's check Rotten Tomatoes, where I feel like it won't really have any reviews. Letterboxd is mostly very low, but I feel like that's like typical of Letterboxd. It's got 2.1 overall, which isn't bad. I'm starting to turn on Letterboxd as a whole, as the more and more I realize that the reviews on there are less about it's just who can be who can do the shortest, snarkiest thing that will get a bunch of upvotes early on in a movie's run. Like I yes. forget, I just looked at one and it was like, I haven't seen the movie, but here's a smart ass comment. One point one thousand likes. It's like fucking okay. Yeah, eighteen yeah, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But what's fascinating is that we get a bigger pool of critics because this actually, you mm. know, opened. So that's 50 reviews, whereas usually when we look at these movies, it's like six. How many theaters was it in? Do we know? Probably not many. It says limited. Mm -hmm. It made $21,000. Okay. So yeah, yeah, probably like two. Uh, Yep. These, oh, that was the thing is the director, I have to look him up. Stephen Frears was apparently like a big deal so this movie being bad had a whole what happened thing to it and i think that's why frank grillo brought it up he's like oh i got to star in the only bad stephen freer's movie the looking at what he's done i find that hard to believe um yeah it looks like he does stuff like the queen and mrs henderson presents and other oh he did high fidelity fidelity. what the fuck are you talking about i didn't gotten i hadn't gotten that far yet calm the fuck down um it's first on 
on Letterboxd. Oh, see, I was going bottom to top. So Um, he did marry Riley, which I've seen and is not good. But high fidelity gets you a lot of passes. Yeah. Everything else is kind of like, I don't know. He does old lady movies. Yes. It seems like he very much does old lady movies. As recently as 2016 with Florence Foster Jenkins, which I think was the Meryl Streep made a movie. So she gets an Oscar nomination movie and then something with Judy Dench, which, yeah, these seem like they would be Judy Dench movies. He did Dangerous Liaisons, which I think was well regarded, right? Yep. Yeah, a lot of a lot of good history here, but uh, still doesn't give me a lot of hope for this movie, but (laughs) I'm happy we're getting it done because I've said over and over the only movie really left in this list that I look at and go, I don't want to watch that is this. Everything else has potential to be a white elephant or a fortress. So whereas I think this is just going to be a catch 44. It's going to be fine. There's going to be nothing to talk about. It's going to be a five minute episode. Exactly. It wasn't very funny. It was kind of whatever. Don't watch it. There you go. We just did it. There's our later favorite episode. (laughs) So stay, I guess, hang out for that in a couple weeks. And then things, I presume, get better for us after that again. I can't think of too many of the theatrical things that I'm like, oh, I'm dreading getting to that one. Maybe Color of Night. Like, I'm curious about Wang, but it's so fucking long. Beavis and Butthead. Oh, I can't wait for the Beavis and Butthead episode. I don't fucking want to watch it. I really can't. I cannot wait for the Beavis and Butthead episode. I don't want to watch it. You'll love it. I will not. You love cartoons. You love comedy. I don't see how this one could go any bad direction. favorite things. And I, I, I don't even, I, Okay, I hate the look of Beavis and Butthead. Like the animation well, they, is, but they cleaned horrid. it up for I, the movie because they had money, so ugh, it'll look a little imagine. different. They're still so ugly. They're, Bruce like, Willis just... is like barely in it. Well, that's actually, if I remember right, not completely true. So, uh, so yeah, one day we'll get to Beavis and Butthead. So just power through, <sighs> lay the favorite with us, and uh, get ready for probably a lot of tangents to pad out the length of that episode. <laughs> and thank you, Sam, again for joining me here today. And keep enjoying those Willis's. Yes. Yes.